Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, everybody, welcome into another edition of the Big Ten Show, iTunes, Spotify, and of course on YouTube. That's the almost famous Adam Carricker. I'm the much less famous Jeff Turn. And the always entertaining Mike Grimm joins us, voice of the Gophers. Mike, before we welcome you in, Adam, what, what happened to your hand? It looks like you got bit by a shark or something. What's going on with the bandage today? Why didn't I just put my other hand up? I don't want to talk. I, I fell on my bike, okay? I got taken away in an ambulance. I was in the ER room about to think, God dang it. Why didn't I just say hi with this hand? We wouldn't have had to talk about it. Can you? Did you I really was- fall on your bike? So I'll keep it short. Long story short, my, my dog was, he's been cooped up for like a week. So okay. I wanted him to run. So he, he was running. We stop. We turn around. He looks exhausted. And he, to my shock, takes off again. And so I'm trying to catch up. I think I sped up too fast. He went a little bit slow. So I tried to give him, I took my hand off the handlebar to try to give him some more leash because I was going to yank him. I was like, I don't want to yank my dog. And then I hit the handlebars, uh, the brake on the handlebars too hard. I didn't have two hands on. I went head first. It was a whole scene. I'm so glad we thank you, Jeff. Your haircut looks awful, by the way. I, I, I appreciate it. Looking clean from the man's slide. <laughs> uh, Mike, could you imagine a defensive lineman in, in the Big Ten having a little boo-boo bandage like that, man? What do you think of that? I'm glad you helped the dog, though. You don't want to choke the dog. <laughs> that dog right. is good. He you know, was perfectly good. I saved the dog. Yeah, sacrifice yourself for the pet. That's good. That's yeah, good. Mike Grimm, voice of the Gophers the with us. Tried, the ER room visit, all that yeah. stuff. My shoulder's jacked up. That's, that is why I wave with this hand. I can't lift the other shoulder I, I, right now. That's good. That's good. At least there's some backstory to it. We're going to get to Jim Harbaugh, <laughs> strength of schedule stuff in the Big Ten. CBS has a, has a great piece out in the last day about that. But, Mike, we want to talk some Gophers football today, and I just kind of want to get a little synopsis, sort of, you know, lay of the land. We've been checking. Jeff is frozen. Yeah, he froze on me too. Uh, you know what? Sp- spring Jeff, football. Wait, wait, Jeff, the way that you froze wait, on us, big dog. I'm back. I'm back. We're good. Uh, we're good. <laughs> just the way, just the way spring football's been going, Mike. Yeah. Um, let let me know sort of your feelings on how spring football has looked so far. How spring football went versus what your expectations. Are. Where's Minnesota Gophers football at right now? Yeah, good question. I, I think there were some areas of concern for this team. Certainly the receiver position was not a, an area of strength last year. Um, and so to me, that was the number one question mark going into spring ball back in in uh, you know February, March, into April. And then running back, you have Muhammad Ibrahim now the all-time leading rusher in school history. Uh, what kind of stable of backs will take his spot? Because I think in today's game, um, Mo was was kind of a unicorn. He was a guy that was still getting 30, 35 carries, 43 against Iowa in that game that Minnesota probably should have won here in the Twin Cities. And then um, Mo, you know, had 800 plus career carries and um, had not fumbled in forever. And it was his fourth career fumble ever and 800 plus carries right down near a field goal range, which would have probably won the game for Minnesota. Anyway, uh, they have to figure out you know, who, who, how they're going to replace him. And as most teams now have, it's one, two, or even three running backs that are probably going to rotate through. I think the Gophers answered those questions well. They have a series of transfers uh, at the receiver position. Uh, remember, Chris Altman-Bell is now a seventh-year player, so he's back. <laughs> Um, I mean, he's 25 years old. Um, I had him on my podcast uh, during the season last year after he blew out his knee in the Colorado game, and it was pretty interesting. He said when he first got to school, he hated school, um, loved football, 
Uh, and now um, he has kind of, you know, he's here seven years. He's he's growing to like school. I think he, he's going to be close to a PhD by the time he's yes. done, you know, which yes. is pretty remarkable when you when, when you think about that. So um, the hope is his knee will be healthy. But they they added Elijah Spencer, who was the freshman of the year in whatever league Charlotte's in now with all the change. Is that the Sun Belt? I'm not sure. Um, he was freshman of the year in that league, had um, nine touchdowns, 57 catches, 900 yards last year. He had a huge spring game. And the presumed starter at quarterback is Ethan Kelly McManus. And uh, P.J. Fleck did not divide the teams in one and twos. Um, he divided them evenly. They, they kind of had a draft, and w- which on one hand was great because it made for a really competitive game, which came down to the end. They did two-point conversion, um, you know, sudden-death two-point conversions to determine who would win the spring game. Um, what it didn't do, though, was provide us with, okay, this is the five guys starting at the offensive line, or these are the four receivers who will be playing together because it was all mixed uh, in with everybody. Um, but uh, but Elijah Spencer was with Ethan Kalik Manis. They had a great connection. Uh, Lamecki Brockington's a returning receiver. He had the 44-yard touchdown in the Wisconsin game that put him ahead late. Um, they have a kid named Corey Crooms who had had, uh, I, th- I want to say it was eight or nine touchdowns for Western Michigan last year. Um, he transferred in. So the receiver position, and he had a big spring game also. So um, I think they've answered some of those questions. And then they have the tight end, Brevin Span Ford back, who, who certainly would have been drafted, uh, but he wanted to come back and, and have one more year with his teammates. And then at running back, it, I think it will be by committee. Uh, Sean Tyler's a transfer from from Western Michigan, one of two Western Michigan transfers. Uh, neither of those guys, by the way, was recruited by P.J. Fleck. Uh, yeah. he, had, he had gone by then, but there's still that little bit of a connection there. Um, he's likely going to be the starter. Uh, Darius Taylor's a true freshman who enrolled early. He had the game-tying touchdown in the spring game where he just lowered his shoulder and ran over a guy. Um, and, and then there's some other guys there. Uh, Zach Evans is a kid who's a redshirt freshman um, who – who had an 80-yard run in the spring game and was really impressive. And then and then they have another 60-year guy, Bryce Williams, who's kind of been um, – he's just been around. He's been a guy that that um, he had the long touchdown against Nebraska uh, two years ago in the game that sealed it. And, um, and, and he's kind of been that great third-down guy, pickup blitzes, those kind of things. And, and so I think those are the two big questions, and I think they answered them in a positive manner. I'm excited to see what Sean Tyler can do. That guy appears to be the most explosive back, at least – what I've seen so far, he's got that breakaway speed. Could be exciting. Mo Ibrahim is going to be missed. The rolling ball of butcher knives. But <laughs> Sean Tyler brings something to the table that Mo did not, and it's that elite top-end speed. So I'm excited to see what he can do, especially if he ends up being the starter. Let's talk about this schedule, though. Yeah. This is a brutal schedule. You got your typical Western foes. You got Wisconsin. You got Iowa. You got a tough Northern uh, North Carolina team in the non-conference. Then you play Michigan, Ohio State, and Michigan State in the crossover in the Big Ten Conference. Talk to me about that schedule, though. Well, it it is a killer schedule. I, I think there's a good chance this team here in 2023 will be better um, than the team in 2022, but there's a good chance the record won't be better. They were 9-4 and four last year. They won the bowl game. They, uh, they, they had a nice win against Syracuse out at Yankee Stadium. Um, they, you know, beat Wisconsin on the last game of the year, which that's, as you guys know, around the big 10, that's one of the great rivalries. And that had been dominated forever by Wisconsin. And now the Gophers have taken three of the last five in the last two in a row. First time Minnesota's won that series back to back since the early nineties. Um, and so you finish the season with those two wins. Um, you go nine and four, um, and, and look, nine and four, 
is that that's a good year. I mean, I'm not trying to say Minnesota shouldn't have high expectations and those kind of things, because I do think um, in today's day and age it, it, that there are ways you can build programs now, uh, maybe that, that that Minnesota wasn't able to do before. And one is hiring a guy like Fleck, who, who can create a culture that if you get guys to stay and buy in, and after a while you build that up and you play for, um, you, you can play at maybe a higher level as a group than you can individually, and I think that's, that's what we've seen. Um, so you win nine games. But, um, Adam, I think you're right. You look at the schedule. Um, there's, I, I really think they'll be a better team, and there's a really good chance they could win seven, you know, just looking at the schedule and, and not winning. Now, that said, I think the Gophers and, and certainly Gopher fans uh, kind of uh, kicking themselves a little because the previous two years – it was a little bit easier schedule. They didn't have Ohio State or Michigan. And um, you try to take advantage of those crossovers. Minnesota went into Michigan State, if you remember, last September and blew them out. One of the best games in my time here doing Gopher games. They just It was a total thorough domination. At that point, Michigan State was ranked, and we didn't know that they weren't going to be as good as they were. But even so, uh, the Gophers were in the driver's seat. They came home and lost. They didn't have Ibrahim in the Purdue game. They lost that game at home, and guess what? Purdue ends up winning the West. Uh, Gophers had a chance. They lose the Iowa game. Um, don't play very well at Illinois. Uh, and then, you know, it's a tough whiteout game at Penn State. Those are your four losses, and, and you're kicking yourself because that schedule was really set up to win the West, and, and they weren't able to do it. Mike Grimm with us, Voice of the Gophers, Adam Carricker. I'm Jeff Turner. This is the Big Ten Show, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Like, subscribe, do the whole nine yards. Appreciate all you guys checking it out. And, Mike, you know, you, you talked about sort of the way you can build a program now. And my wife and I went to the University of Minnesota, and we were on campus during the Glenn Mason days, and those teams would get off the hot starts and then flame out at the end. But, but it wasn't a place that, like, obviously was a destination for football players. Like you, you go to Michigan or Ohio state. However, they've done some improvements. Like dude, driving around campus this last week and we were up there for the Taylor Swift concert. And, and um, yeah, yes, I was at were. the Taylor Swift of concert. Of course you were. <laughs> yeah, baby. You were front row with your shirt off, weren't you? <laughs> you know it, dude, all night. Uh, one of the Swifties. Uh, so, so we're, we're driving around campus and I'm showing her the, the athletic stuff and, and, was it beer Berman hall, whatever it is over there and, and seeing sort of how that's all expanded and the emphasis there, the, the, the on, the on campus football field wasn't there when we went there. And I just wonder in your mind, you know, there comes a lot with the nine and four season. There's some excitement. You, you mentioned there could have been more wins uh, in some of those years over the last couple, but like momentum wise, how would you categorize where PJ Fleck has this program as they enter 2023? I think if you pay close attention, you have to like the momentum they've. So you, let's throw the COVID year out. Um, I know some say, well, why would you do that? Well, when, you know, 90 players have to go in and get their nostrils tested every single day and wonder whether they can play or not for four months. And there's that pressure. And then, you know, uh, there were two like the Wisconsin game that year was canceled. They weren't going to play it. And then they ended up adding it late in December. Um, they kicked out the Rutgers game. Rutgers played somebody else because they wanted to keep that rivalry. It's a long longest continuous running rivalry so it was just a weird game uh any weird year so let's throw that out the Gophers won 11 in in uh, 2019 uh COVID year was 20 am I right here yeah and then yep. 21 yep. uh nine and four 22 nine and four so it's really the last three full seasons 11 wins nine wins nine wins um and and the thing is in in PJ because you know th there's a couple of losses that kind of sting that if you win those games, you move on. There's the Bowling Green. Oh, Bowling Green. Head. But here's a trivia question for you two guys. Um, 
that was one of that was probably the worst loss, you know, of the PJ Fleck era, right? They were thirty-seven point favorite. How many other non-conference games in six years do you think PJ Fleck has lost counting bowl games besides Bowling Green in six years? Uh, in six years, uh, eight non-conference losses. Besides, I'm going to go with the under eight. Can I? Can I do that? Can I go yeah. under eight? Would you believe it's zero? What zero? Not wow. conference. I went. Yeah. yeah, people who don't follow closely just don't. You know, it, it, the, you, under, the under cleared there, Adam. Nice wow. job. I win. Uh, he's not lost a bowl game. Uh, now, look, they haven't played a murderer's row of non-conference games when they scheduled Colorado. At that time, they had just won whatever Pac-12 division they were in. Didn't know they were going to be terrible. Uh, that includes wins though over Auburn in the uh, you know in the Outback. I remember that game. Great uh, game. They, they got a win over West Virginia in the bowl game two years ago. Syracuse this year, and basically a home game for Syracuse at Yankee Stadium. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other wins, but uh, in other words, they, they just they, they've been able to win most games are supposed to win. Uh, the one bugaboo is Iowa. They've not beaten Iowa. PJ has not beaten Iowa. And so that that's going to be an important game this fall at Kinnick because I think Iowa certainly is going to be, if not the favorite in the West, they're going to be right in the thick of it. And and it's wide open. It's a, It looks like the final year of the West. Um, and, and Jeff, I've gotten off track to the, your question in terms of momentum. Um, I think if you follow it closely, people have to be happy. But they're, they're, in this market, it's hard because there's the Vikings, there's the Twins, there's the Wild, and so there's a lot of casual fans. And I get this a lot. I'll be out and I'll say, hey, uh, they'll say, hey, who do the Gophers have? And I'll say, oh, that's a really good game at North Carolina. Uh, I'd go, but there's no chance they're going to win because there's just this mentality that has been ingrained for a while that this this team loses these games. And it just hasn't been the case under PJ. And frankly, before that with Jerry Kill, they 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 won a lot of non-conference games. And 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 I think the biggest hindrance right now is they just haven't pushed through. Now in 2019 they were co-division champions. So they there is a trophy, a, a North Division tro- or a, a West Division trophy in in the football complex. But nobody really recognizes that, right? Because you didn't play in the championship game. And so until they push through for that and who knows what it'll look like next year in terms of you know you know how you get the championship game with no divisions and you add USC and UCLA and who knows in five years how many teams we might have a 30 team Big Ten who knows <laughs> um, but until they do that I think the casual observer is just going to kind of have this this uh, you know uh, you know well let's see what they do let's see what they do but the diehards I think really um, that follow it closely are like, yeah, this is good positive momentum, 11, 9, and 9. Um, and I think they're going to be better. Uh, I, I think the quarterback position uh, has a chance to really uh, hit a ceiling that they haven't seen in a while, and that's no knock on Tanner Morgan, who's absolutely one of my all-time favorite players I've ever covered. Um, but um, the, the new quarterback, Ethan Kelly Manis, can do some things with his arm and his legs that Tanner, and I don't think Tanner would be upset with this. I think he would uh, say, yeah, you're right, Grimmer, uh, in that um, he can do some things that Tanner hasn't been able to do. That said, there's a lot of quarterbacks over the years that have great arms and great legs, and they haven't won a lot of games because they have they can't figure out how to get the ball where it's supposed to be on time on target read defenses. I think this kid's going to be able to do that, and they're they're going to be you know right in the thick of this thing. But as Adam said, that schedule is such a killer. I don't know if that ends up meaning that they're going to you know win the West Division. So that that was going to be my question was specifically about the West Division. You look at the West. Uh, you've you've said they got a brutal schedule. Okay, discuss that. Also, better than they've been last year, maybe the year before, based on things that they can do, based on transfers they brought in, the talent that they have. You look around the West. You got Purdue with the new coach, also a brutal yeah. conference schedule, if you're being honest. Okay, you look at Wisconsin, new coach, trying to change the offense up a little bit. Nebraska, new coach. You look at Iowa, 
if, if they don't average 25 points a year, their offensive coordinator is gone. So there's a lot of schools with question marks in the West. Okay, yeah. and we've discussed it a little bit, so I'm going to be a little bit more direct. Can Minnesota win the West this year and be in that Big Ten championship game? What do you think? Well, I think they can. I, I, I think they can. They've been knocking on that door. That was that was one of their slogans last year was pound the door, you know, break through the door, and they were on the cusp of it. And they How couldn't. do you keep – wait a second. How do you keep track of the slogans? Row the boat, pound There's the door. A <laughs> I, have a, I have a notebook. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's full, too. Yeah, it's cool. There's a of a handbook that they uh, that they are able to use, but um, so they, I think Adam, they can. Um, the question is, you know, what what would have to happen? Obviously, I think they'd probably have to pull off one of those big upsets, beat a Michigan maybe at home. Which you know, look, I, if if the th- if the ball bounces right and you 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 know you you end up being you know on the right end of some luck, I think that's possible. It's not impossible. Uh, you know, Michigan was very good last year, but probably should have lost at home to Illinois. Nebraska had them on the ropes in Lincoln. I mean, that that's not a team that's just a juggernaut. Um, you know, at Ohio State in November, uh, you know, that's going to be a tough one. I think that one. Any anybody that looks at that that you know that, that that a lot of stuff would have to happen there um and then you need other teams to knock each other off you know iowa uh you know if, if they're the favorite let's say just for the sake of our discussion here then if you're minnesota you got to hope that they lose to wisconsin and maybe nebraska gets them again and all of a sudden there's you know you, everyone's hanging around that two three four loss mark i mean last year who knew right but purdue kind of backed in thanks to the huskers beating iowa that last weekend right so um, on that Black Friday game at, at Kinnick where, um, where where Nebraska dominated that 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 game so um, you know it, it uh, yes the answer is I think they can win it but they're gonna they're gonna need some things to go their way unlike last year where everything was in front of them and they controlled their own destiny coming into October and they they just they couldn't handle it through various things um, I think that uh, if they do win it this year they're gonna maybe have to be like Purdue last year and rely on some some help. And if that's the case, um, you know, they, they have paid their dues. They've worked hard. And I will also add, Jeff, to, to add on to your question, they've, they've recruited at a high level um, yeah. particularly the last couple of years. I think, I think the main difference is they're now recruiting with their peer institutions. Um, they're going head-to-head with the Nebraskas and Iowas and Wisconsins, and they're not winning all of those battles, clearly. Um, but, you know, 10 years ago, they weren't winning any of those battles, and they're now in it. They have uh, nine of the top – no, I'm sorry, seven of the top nine Minnesota kids committed uh, from the state. That hasn't happened in a while. There's two left, the number one kid and the number three kid, and, you know, Minnesota's still in on them. I don't know where that will turn out. Even if neither come, it's still a pretty successful year, and and they've done well from that side of it. So from a momentum standpoint, I think that speaks a little bit toward the program too. Voice of the Gophers, Mike Grimm, man. Hey, buddy, thanks so much for hanging out with us on the Big Ten Show today, talking some Gophers football. I'm sure we'll check in as fall camp gets going. But until then, man, have a good rest of your summer. Thanks for hanging out with us, dude. All right. Yes, it sounds great, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Thanks, Mike. Mike Grimm with us there, uh, Voice of the Gophers. A wealth of knowledge, getting us ready for that part of the Big Ten. And um, you mentioned it, Adam. Dude, CBS came out with this article and strength of schedule and all the different challenges that you have to go through. And they, they named the hardest schedule dude, right at the top, man, Minnesota, Minnesota. I mean, we just got done talking about it. it. We do it. Number two murderers row and two programs that really could use the, the bounce of the ball to go their way sometimes. And schedule is sometimes a part of that. Yep. And then, you know, I, I didn't want to hold him on all day. So, but I, I was going to point out, you look at the other end of that strength of schedule and down towards the bottom with some of the easier schedules in the Big Ten is, 
is you got Wisconsin, you got Iowa. Teams are going to be competing with and against to try to win that Big Ten West West title. I think it's going to be the wild, wild West all over again, and it's going to come down to that final weekend. We, we may not have, you know, one of the best teams in the Big Ten, the Big Ten championship game. Maybe so, um, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, and, and just piggyback, you guys can read this this at CBSSports.com, but, you know, what we've heard from a lot of people as we've been talking previews for the upcoming season is, you know, of course, that the odds makers have Ohio State and Michigan, and Jerry Donato sort of convinced you and me last week that it may be Michigan, not Ohio State. But then there's Penn State, man, and you speak yes. about the ball bouncing the right way. They they are ranked with the easiest schedule according to CBS Sports yep. in the entire Big Ten. So not, not only are they loaded, they have a, a easier schedule than everybody else on paper. So I just think it's like I kind of go Michigan, then Ohio State, and then the gap between them and Penn State isn't as much as maybe another year based on that schedule. Dude, I mm, Ohio State out recruits everybody, but it's so hard. I'm going Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State right now at this moment okay. in time. Right. I was on that fence to begin with. I know Ohio State has a lot of questions. I know they're insanely talented. I'm sure they've got answers they don't even know that they have yet. But you look at Penn State, what they've got coming back. They don't have a tough schedule. You just alluded to that. They're going to be favored in 10 of their 12 games. And if they just win one of those two games, they're going to be 11-1, probably in Indy. And if they win that game against a Minnesota or whoever it might be, they're going to be in the CFP potentially. So we'll see what happens. I'm, dude, I'm, I'm so tempted to jump on the Penn State bandwagon. I'm this close. Yeah, don't go there yet. All right, uh, I'm real getting quick, close. The Big Ten show, Adam Carriker, <laughs> I'm Jeff Turn. Uh, one other thing I wanted to get your thought on. Speaking of Michigan, now Jim Harbaugh implemented a beat Ohio period during part of his practices a couple of years back. Uh, a renewed focus, if you will, on trying to make sure that Ohio State was top of mind. Like, our season can be what it is, but we have to beat Ohio State. And they've taken care of business the last couple of years. Michigan has done that, getting to the college football playoff. But now they've added another part, okay? They've, they've added another part. By the way, haven't beaten Ohio State for three consecutive seasons since 1995 through 1997. Going to try and do that this year. They have added a beat Georgia period to their practices as well. What do you make of that, man? I, first of all, they get Ohio State in Ann Arbor again. So I like uh, Michigan's chances right now. Okay. So I actually did some research on this because I love it. My, my response is I love it. So here I looked up some things because uh, I, I know immediately in my memory bank, I was like, Ohio State just did this a few years ago with Clemson. All right, 2019. Clemson beats Ohio State. I still to this day believe Ohio State had the better team, but Clemson beats Ohio State 29-23 in the Fiesta Bowl. Okay, that's the year Joe okay. Burrow, LSU, all that yep, good stuff. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, that entire offseason, Ohio State has in their weight room, and this is due to Dabo Sweeney. Dabo Sweeney ranked them 11th at the end of that year. They had that ranking up in their weight room the entire offseason. They play, guess who? Clemson the next year in the CFP again in the Sugar Bowl and they clobber them 49 to 28. I was like, wait, there's some more. I know there's some more out there. All right, Colorado in the late 80s, late 80s under the great Bill McCartney declared Nebraska. All right, their big rival. You couldn't even wear red in the Colorado football facility building. Why would you want to? Why would you want to? Now, it was a little bit short. Wow. It was a little bit short lived. Okay. But Colorado then went on to having a winning record versus Nebraska until the 90s and things drastically changed. But for a short time, they had a lot of success based on making Nebraska the enemy because Nebraska was the top dog. Georgia's the top dog. It made sense for Michigan to go after Georgia. 
Now, Nebraska. Okay, I'm a Nebraska guy. You know that after losing 18 to 16 in the national championship game, number one versus number two, 1994 Orange Bowl to win the national championship for 1993, the national title game versus Florida State, Bobby Bounds first national championship. That entire offseason, Nebraska adopted the motto unfinished business. And I believe it was 118. They would do all their conditioning and all that stuff. And then they'd put 118 on the clock and they'd condition a little bit longer the very next year. They beat Warren Sapp, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Ray Lewis in Miami in the Orange Bowl to win Tom Osborne's first national championship. Yeah, Miami of Florida, by the way. Okay. (laughs) And so, (laughs) dude, it seems no, they whooped their rear end sideways in the fourth quarter. Now, it seems that it seems to work when people do this. I love it. I love it too, man. I think it's great. And it shows like we aren't satisfied making the college football playoff. We won a national championship at Michigan. We've been knocking on the door. And we're that close, and we got to go after the program that has has gone past Alabama, that has gone past Ohio State, that has gone past Clemson. Georgia, pun intended, is the top dog, and that's who they're going after. Hey, man. Can I be a little bit of a jerk here? Sure, go ahead. Can I tell you my initial reaction? Because you sent me the link, and then then when I saw the article was beat Georgia, I was like, well, maybe first beat TCU. But that's just me being a jerk. That was just my initial reaction. Like, beat TCU first. I thought, yeah, but TCU ain't going to be there again this year, man. There ain't uh, no Max Duggan. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be Georgia. That's for sure. Hey, man, I do, public service announcement before we let you go. Please take care of that hand. I don't want it to have to get amputated because you have cesspit, you know, some, some septic arthritis. Man, make sure there's some Neosporin on there that your wife's taking care of you. We don't want it. We want to see a two handed Adam character next week. I can't all right. Do it with the other one very well. I'll get there. I do love your haircut, though. Good job. Thank you, man. Salon, baby. Uh, the Big Ten Show, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify. Check it out there as another page has turned on the show. We look forward to hanging out next week. Appreciate Mike Grimm for joining the show as well. Adam, you'll be good. And everybody else as well. We'll check in next week.